Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. This is Chris Abalo's podcast experiment, and I am Chris Abalo. Welcome to the show, coming at you live from Skid Row Studios in downtown Los Angeles and streaming live every Monday night, 9 p.m., skidrowstudios.com. Tune in and watch or listen to the live show. Hello, Sherry Bass. Hello, hello, hello. Chris. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. And uh, lots to talk about. Um, quite a few things that we want to go over. I think I open every show with saying there's lots to talk about. Meanwhile, it's like, you know, 58 minutes within which to talk about. <laughs> Am I overselling it by saying we have a lot of things to talk about? No. I no? Mean, okay. Hype it up. Hype it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So um, we were chatting a little bit before. Uh, <laughs> just a heads up for anybody who um, is, is checking out, uh, particularly the, the video version. Well, yeah, I'm, it may come off a little jumbled as scatterbrained as I can be anyway. Uh, some saint left a 40-gallon drum of red vines yes. in, the, <laughs> in, the, in the main room here at, uh, at Skid Row. And I ate, I don't know, at least 40 of them before the show. <laughs> so number one, if I'm wired, it's because of the sugar. Number two, if I, I look like I have red specks or anything in my teeth, which I don't think I do. No. I think I have like bloody teeth or something. <laughs> You're like, hey, that guy needs a dentist. Um, yeah, it's not that. It could just be bits of red licorice that I've been indulging in, overindulging in, which is so funny because we were just talking before the show about <laughs> how like, oh, got to cut out junk food. We're getting too old. I, I, that happens to me in phases. I mean, we just said it like yeah. two seconds ago. We felt all good because we had our lettuce wraps like, yum, yum. yeah, yeah. And that, then we walked over like, ooh, red vines. <laughs> walked out the door. Gosh, damn. Literally from the trip, from the valley to downtown. And all that just went away. We got to stop with the junk food. It's yeah, yeah just getting older and, and all that. And uh, no, no, didn't happen. It didn't last long anyway. But I go through that in kind of phases as I get, and this isn't a crack it. This isn't an old man joke or anything like that. But as I get older, you get less... I mean, it's obviously easier to put on weight than it is to take it off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're still in your 20s. So you have nothing to worry about. But um, what? Anyway, I've gained a lot of weight. When? Uh, like over your lifetime? Because as a baby. Well, of course. Well, oh, man. Like over the past year, I lost like 40 pounds at one point. I felt wow. really, really good. Then somehow between the tacos and... <laughs> The chili cheese fries at work every day. I mean, well, that'll do it. Fries. I mean, I don't eat fries much anyway, mostly for the fact that it's just straight up empty calories. I mean, I cut back. 
But I mean, I've lost 20 pounds too since then. So I mean, technically I'm 24 now. Anyway, women gain weight faster than men suffer metabolism. <laughs> oh, well. Ah, boo. Oh, the soundboard's not working. Son of a bitch. I'll do oh, it. Well. Boo, boo. There you go. <laughs> is that, yeah, is that all, what that was supposed to be? <laughs> it was going to be. It was going to be a lot of boo and, or, or laughing or see if I could have them going at the same time. Yeah, soundboard's oh, not man. working. Mm-hmm. I need my own soundboard. We were talking about that too before the show. I want to have a soundboard with effects. We're going to have to build one in here. I mean, I could put one on my phone and then just cue it manually, but it's not as handy when I have a monitor next to me and I'm right-handed, so I just grab the mouse and just click something. Whereas with, I'd have to put my phone, well, I guess I put my phone over here, but it's just, there's a lot of stuff in front of me. There's a lot of, heavy is a head that wears the crown. Listen, the, the host has to have a lot of things going on. <laughs> True. Oh, man. Um, so one of the things I've noticed in the last week or so, yes, we're starting off with Chris complaining about something. Shocking. <laughs> but uh, one of the things I've noticed in um, particularly the last two weeks, more than ever, Lots and lots of white people wearing NWA shirts. So um, we, we're, we've ruined that too. I'm not touching so, that. I, you can. Doesn't <laughs> no. bother me. Look, I, I understand it. I mean, I, I, listen, I like, it's, it's kind of hard to not appreciate NWA and what it meant and how huge it was. Exactly. Especially like the fact that that doesn't, ex- that whole, it was a, a moment in time where they came out and they were just so contrary and, and kicked off a whole, era of rap, frankly. Right. Because before that, it was, was, look, I love the Fat Boys um, and Kid and Play, but this was different. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was it was like the her. harsh reaction. You know it. <laughs> you know it. Yeah. But well. it, it, I understand what it meant, and I'm happy that people are appreciating it. And like, like I said to you um, when we were chatting before the show, I, I'm a fan of Tribe Called Quest, and I've seen their shirts like, Amoeba Records, and I say, no, I'm, I'm not going to buy that just because maybe there's a self-conscious element about how it's going to look. have that self-consciousness, though. Maybe not. I just think it looks Embrace weird. I mean, it. I wear <laughs> I mean, I wear band shirts all the time anyway, but there's a, a certain line that's going to be drawn. But now it's like it's, it's a bunch of people riding the wave. Um, and I'm sure Urban Outfitters like is going to have a bunch of NWA shirts now. And I mean, how do you think people feel when they see me with a Metallica shirt? I mean, it's the same. I mean, I don't know. See, I think that comes across more cool. Mm, I think I, it's easier. It's, it, listen, <laughs> there's a couple of things. It's easier for for if. Well, I know you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a compliment. There are things that I think black people can pull off where it looks cool that white people can't. I think it looks kind of lame. You said you're not going to touch it, so I'm going to take that as as a <laughs> tacit agreement that. Um, White people wearing NWA shirts, not so cool. Uh, black chick or black guy wearing a Metallica shirt, kind of cool. It depends Kind of might where be you're tempted at. to hang it. Like, have you noticed, especially around here with every group of hipsters, is like one black dude? Yeah. And that guy has the distinction of being like the one black guy in that social circle. So it's the like, token. yeah, the token, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which, kind of cool. Black dudes look cooler <laughs> with shaved heads. You know, just <laughs> bick their heads. That's just a personal opinion. It looks cooler opinion. than That's that. not a fact. No, what do you think this show's about? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm glad opinions. that people are embracing culture. If people are actually listening to NWA and the message that it came or brought, then 
That's a good thing. That is not what you said right before the show. You were very, very angry, and there's a lot of like Jefferson's angry. era talk about hockey. I was hockeys. just saying how there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of memes with the uh, oh man Malibu's, Malibu's most, most wanted, wanted. <laughs> which with Jamie Kennedy, it, it would crack me up. I was just laughing at that. Uh-huh. Where people were saying, yeah, now that the movie is oh, out, totally. that a lot of people are going to be looking like Jamie Kennedy and Malibu's most wanted. That happened after but, Fast and Furious. White people started tricking out their cars. Yeah. After the first one, which was, I think, 2001. Yeah. I think so. Like or, or maybe late 2000. I forget when the first one came out. Mm-hmm. God, it's weird to think those movies have been going for so long. I mean, there's seven of them, but holy Christ. It, I get that there's um, a latching out. I mean, it's, it's riding a trend. Right now, NWA I is, is hotter than they've... Uh, well, I think there's more awareness about them beyond just rap fans. People listen to rap. Absolutely. I mean, there's going to be a second film. Did you hear that? What? Yeah. About them? About I'm waiting for... There's there's going to be... Yeah, someone's going to... I guarantee you studios are fighting over the life rights to to Tupac right now. Because they already did a biggie movie. He is going to be in the second one. It's going to be Snoop Dogg, uh, Tupac, uh, Corrupt, and a dog. Yeah. Is Warren G going to be in there? I don't know. I well, just, I briefly count me out. something about that. Now, I haven't seen the movie yet, uh, no, which we're, we're going to be talking a bit about uh, summer movies. And um, not for any reason other than I haven't, I haven't made it to the movie. Well, I did go to the movies <laughs> recently, but um, right. <laughs> I'll mention that uh, shortly. But no, I, I haven't seen Straight Outta Compton. I am, I'm curious to see it. I've heard really good things about it. Me too. Um, people are talking about Oscar contention, but... It's not Oscar season yet, so I really don't think it's going to get right. Oscar contention. I, hopefully these dudes who, the actors in it, who overall have heard give great performances, are going to get work and are going to, their careers will flourish Absolutely. after this. But a lot of summer movies don't end up uh, getting Oscar nominations come, you know, January, February. Yeah. But uh, we, we were talking actually two weeks ago about <laughs> the memes that were going around for Straight Outta Compton. Everybody was doing Straight Outta Whatever. Yeah. I have to cop to, there were two that made me laugh. Yay. One was following the death of, um, which is more than two weeks ago, the death of uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Yeah. And it was an image of him from They Live, and it was straight out of bubblegum. I saw that one. That, that made me amazing. laugh. Because <laughs> I thought, well, that's that's funny, and it's also kind of goofing on the on the <laughs> the usage of straight out of cop, straight out of whatever. Because mm-hmm. um, people are doing like straight out of Orange County, and it's like a picture of them, just whatever, and it's not that cool. But uh, the other one, I... I had to laugh at this, you know, one more thing we'll get into later, but there was one with image of the current Fantastic Four lineup. This is straight out of theaters. No. Oh my God. That made me laugh because it's like that. Come on. My favorite too. I saw one with a toilet roll empty and uh, toilet paper roll Uh and it says straight out of toilet paper. I thought that was cool. And then there was another one. My friend had his baby in his hand, and it says straight out of these nuts. <laughs> I, don't know why. I thought that was hilarious, but it made me laugh. That's good. <laughs> that was, was well, good. that's cl- if you're just going to do straight out of in your hometown, it's not cool. Right. And Compton is a cool sounding name anyway, so it works. Straight mm-hmm. out of Compton. As I always think of um, CB4. 
which if you haven't seen that movie, that's hilarious because it's a real like gangster rap kind of parody starring and I think co-written by uh, Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Came out yes. in the early to mid-90s. Like, I'm thinking like 94. Mm-hmm. And I always think of their songs. They were from a fictional town, the movie called Low Cash. <laughs> and their hit single is Straight Out of Low Cash. Oh, it's funny. Check that out, people. Uh, it's probably, I don't think it's it's streaming on like Netflix or anything. But I'm sure you could rent it through Amazon or Google Play or whomever. Uh, really funny movie, and it's a good piggy bet. That would be an amazing double feature if they did. Hey. Like, can you imagine, like, somebody picks up uh, Straight Outta Compton or, and uh, CV4 and puts them together? That's something, like, the new Beverly would do. That would do <laughs> a pair of movies like that. Um, so, yeah, that's Ooh. pretty funny. What? CV4 and I'm going to get you sucker. Oh. Yeah, but I'm going to get you sucker is more of a nod to 70s black exploitation films. True, but the not- music and the end. Sorry. Well, no, I get it, and I get what you're saying, and that's I love that song too, the theme exactly. song. I'm gonna get you a sucker. Um, it made me laugh, by the way. Um, I'm not gonna play it because I didn't. Uh, normally, I will check to see if the show will get blocked on YouTube for uh, the music that I usually use at the beginning and ending of the show. And uh, I forgot to check this, but I thought of it. I will post it under the uh, Cape 64 post at chrisabalo.com, so you all can. Um, <laughs> You're like, so I thought I was getting warning signs from the from Mission Control. I'll say I see Williams' uh, flashlight go off, and I'm just like, what's what's happening? <laughs> it's just like, don't you dare talk about YouTube. I'm like, why? <laughs> Everybody knows what YouTube is. The word's out. Anyway, um, there's a bit George Carlin did at one of his albums in the 70s, and I'm, it wasn't Class Clown. I think it was Occupation Fool. And um, I, I'm sure the bit is somewhere. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. But I, if it is, I will post it again at the uh, Cape 64 post at uh, chrisabala.com. But he's talking about how when he was growing up in uh, the neighborhood, which they regarded as White Harlem because it sounded cool, mm-hmm. how he said, you can take a bunch of black kids and a bunch of white kids and put them together. And he said, after a week, you won't see any of the black kids going like, oh, golly, we can't wait for the big game on Saturday. He said, but you'll see a lot of redhead guys named Duffy going, oh, shit, man, you know, what's up, man, how you doing? You know, he said it's, they will take their social cues from, ultimately, the white kids are going to end up taking social cues. And that's kind of what's going on now in that, like, hey, NWA, I'm going to get a t-shirt. And, you know, like I said, Urban Outfitters or somebody's probably got it. Hot Topics probably got stacks of them. Oh, you already know. And then there's going to be this sudden uh, resurgence of like everything that came afterwards. And now it's going to be a lot of biopics, which is funny. I laugh because people say about, um, talk about this somewhat recently too on the show with um, Hollywood as far as, oh, they're just trying to, you know, they, they make the same things, just superhero movies and every superhero is a white male. And da, 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 da. Listen, Hollywood's pretty amoral. They don't see black, white. They don't see male, female. They see green. That's it. Straight out of Compton's making money, there's going to be a lot more biopics of a lot more people being made in the future. Now, it's not to say they're all going to be good. It's not to say they're all going to be hits, but it's what's making money. Hmm. So, you know, this, this, this could kick off a trend too. Like I was worried about when um, Jurassic World hit, I thought, well, that's it. It's all going to be just, we're going to breathe new life into old franchises now and try to bring them back, you know, because that was such a massive success. Um... But anyway, please, since I didn't do it at the top of the show, please make sure you are following the show on social media at Cape Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr as well, capepod.tumblr.com. Uh, thank you as well for everybody who's been clicking through the Amazon link. 
appreciate that. Uh, once again, if you go to crystalball.com and you go to the support the show tab, all the links to our sponsors will be there, including the Amazon link, which if you clear your browser cookies, click through and bookmark it as your go-to Amazon link. When you go to your Amazon bookmark to order, they will give us a, they'll give us a taste of your purchase. You won't pay a penny more, but they will give us a small commission, which will help to support the show. So thank you all for that. And thank you to everybody who's been sending through PayPal donations as well. Obviously being in Skid Row Studios costs money. And we like doing the show from here. We like bringing you this, this live show. We like the video element of it. So thank you very much for everybody who's been uh, donating this show via PayPal. We appreciate your support. Thank and uh, you. once again, please follow the show. Please subscribe, by the way. If you don't listen every week, that's okay. Because it's usually a rotate. There's certainly um, Cape stalwarts like Sherry. And certainly like um, Candace, Norman, and John, who are on here frequently in, in scrambled <laughs> arrangements. But um, if you're not listening every week, if you subscribe, it helps when it comes to uh, submitting to uh, sponsors or when people inquire about sponsoring the show and they want to know about subscribers and uh, social media followers and everything. So please, if you listen to the show, if you watch the show, just please follow on uh, the social media channels. Please uh, subscribe on iTunes and or YouTube. Give the show five stars on iTunes. Much appreciated. Uh, write a review if you can take a moment. Talk about how awesome the show is. Uh, how much you, you love that Sherry won't broach the subject of white people wearing NWA <laughs> shirts. That'd be fun. Um, speaking of Candace, Norman, and John, I've had a lot of people the last couple of weeks ask me about when are the four of you going to do a show together again? Well, because it's been summer and summer's now winding down, it's been tough to nail down guests, period. And I... And, Sherry often makes herself available for doing the show, which is great. So she's been on very frequently this summer uh, yeah. uh, and won't be on when I don't need her anymore. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, but you're, well, you're also around too. And frankly, the studio is on your way home from your job. So it's kind of convenient. <laughs> but no, you, you like doing the show and everybody does. And everyone's been on in kind of different uh, arrangements. Kansas and Norman filled in uh, a few weeks ago mm -hmm. as uh, co-hosts of the show. Uh, John and Norman were on together. And, you know, everyone's been on in kind of different. You were on with Candace a few weeks ago. Oh, geez, that was like a few months ago now. Yeah. Uh, but the last show the four of us did together was Cape 49, which is 15 weeks ago. <laughs> so uh, people have been asking when it's going to happen again. Uh, we're trying to coordinate it. Obviously, everybody's busy between travel and various summer activities and work. And, you know, because a lot of people are busy. You know, it's kind of a year-round thing doing creative stuff and not necessarily a, a set schedule out here. Um, and I don't mean that to sound pompous. It's just truthfully, you know, there's a varying schedule when people shoot things, when uh, there's post-production work that needs to be done, which is the kind of stuff Norman does. Uh, Candace and John are mostly uh, in front of the camera. So there's there are a lot of variables. It's, no one's obligated to be on the show at all. You know, they come on if they want to and when they're available. So uh, we're trying to coordinate it. It's probably likely going to happen next month. So... Stay tuned <laughs> and subscribe. But uh, we will let you know when it's going to happen because frankly, next time they're on, I like to take uh, audience questions again because we had a lot of fun with that. And that was a couple months ago we did it. So uh, we'd like to take your questions through Twitter and uh, through email as well. If you want to email the show, capethepodcast at gmail.com. That's yet another resource I forgot about. And like the show on Facebook. All right. Uh, really quickly before we get into summer movies, uh, as I've said, meanwhile, we're 20 minutes in, but... Uh, one of the things I've heard a ton about lately, and I think it's because schools have now gone back, um, at least in this area, and um, college is going to be kicking off soon as well for the fall semester, and it's been a few months since spring graduation. I've heard more and more about millennials 
three main things they seem to be not as uh three ways that they they stand out when it comes to uh previous generations uh drastically less first time home buyers uh and and most of them choosing to rent a lot of them don't want to get their driver's license apparently <laughs> I think it's there's no urgency well let's yeah <laughs> let's let's take a minute just to talk about that strictly driver's license at least for for us and you're you're a couple of years younger than me but it was the same thing yeah. um same era we grew up in <laughs> it was it was a representation of freedom. I can go out. Or if you, even if you didn't have your, have your own car, if, even if it meant you could borrow your parents' car and kind of have some kind of freedom, some kind of independence, then everybody was anxious to have that. But it also meant being able to go somewhere. You can go to, you can go out with your friends and go sit, like I used to do, sit and grab a booth of my friends at Applebee's and be there for a few hours, right. hanging out and just bullshitting with each other. And, um... Not as many interested in that. Now, I get that everything is on your device. Just go to a screen and you can get your music. You don't need to drive to the CD store anymore. You don't need to drive to Nobody Beats the Wiz to get your CD anymore. Um, And you don't need to drive to Blockbuster. You know, because there's iTunes and there's Netflix and there's Spotify and there's YouTube. So there are all these options where they don't need to go out to get stuff. But... There's still that independence, which also leads into the other drastic thing, which is um, they're staying at home longer or they're less anxious to go out, which I do have to laugh when I hear a lot of these people, a lot of talking heads on particularly the news channels talk about, you know, well, you need to get out from under your parents. You need to be independent. You know, you should get, get together with three other friends and go rent a studio apartment, blah, blah, blah. Well, hang on. If you're splitting a place with it was four dudes who are moving in together, that's hardly being independent. No. <laughs> you're not being with, you're not living with your parents and you're not paying rent. But you're still dependent on a lot of other people, and you're also heading into what's going to be a way more stressful situation. And you and I, I think, have a little bit of perspective because we both went out, lived on our own, and ultimately yeah. ended up moving back home. And <laughs> yes. as of now, I've been, you know, back on my own again for a few years. But after after doing that for a little while, it did. I did have to kind of uh, regroup and and spend some time back with them, and ultimately move back to New Jersey from California. It's right. And and not in an excuse way. It's tough. And particularly in a post-economic crash of 2008, yeah. economy and job market and everything else, like a lot of a lot of stability is no longer there and a lot of jobs aren't there and job security is over with and jobs aren't paying as much as they used to. In fact, I was having a chat with a friend last night and uh, he was saying he thinks um, businesses know people need jobs. The people are more willing to hang on to them because of the uncertainty of jobs. So, so people are willing to either take a pay cut to keep their job mm-hmm. and to make sure nobody else gets laid off. Because imagine, you know, you've got to, Bob and Jim are getting laid off because you don't want to take a 20% pay cut. Right. Um, so they're willing to stick out these jobs. So there's a weird shift that's gone on where businesses now have more control in that way because they're kind of, maybe praying is too strong a word, but they're, pr- let's, for the sake of argument and keep the conversation going, mm-hmm. they're kind of preying on people's fear of going out into the unknown or, or going to find another job or, or giving up what they have, the little bit of comfort that they have and security that they have at a, a current job for the sake of going and starting over elsewhere, which I get why people don't want to have to start over at another company at likely lower pay. It's, it's all different now. So I get why they're not as anxious to move out 
Or maybe you want to get together a little nest egg, which is noble. You don't want to go out and then, you know, like <laughs> all the people who bought houses and helped kind of fuck things up a few years ago and they got mortgages for houses they couldn't afford and then the bubble burst and now it's, oh my God, we can't pay for this house. Well, yeah, like ever since 2008, I mean, before 2008, it was, you go to school, you graduate, you get a good job, you get a house, you start a family. And that's how everybody taught you basically that your life was going to run. And right. then when 2008 happened and the recession happened, it was kind of like, oh, shit, things aren't going the way yeah. that we wanted to. Because I think mm, I graduated in from, I got my bachelor's in 2009. I think it was a good two years before I finally found something in my field. Not BS jobs to make a living or, you yeah, know, yeah. but actually something in my field. In fact, that made me go back to school. That's why I went back to school because there just wasn't anything there. And then you go through that whole thing. And I think that's a lot of minimals. Um, Millennials. Millennials. Uh, it's, it's an overused term. Damn, but just... I can't say talk today. <laughs> anyway. If we say uh, it, everybody knows who we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. But. <laughs> so we have to go with it. <laughs> oh, my speech impediment is fun. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's just the way that society has it now, we are so used to having things happen right away anyway. And oh, the yeah. fact that we're not just makes people want to either A, like say, F it, I'm just going to start, you know, um, doing anything, basically. Or uh, go back to school and then not know what they're, and just kind of be up in the air about stuff. Mm. So a lot of times, I, even when I talk to people now, I'm like, what do you want to do? And everybody's just going, like, I don't know. You know? Um, and it's either like, oh, I should be a nurse, or oh, I should go into computers. It's either one. Yeah, one or the something other. that there's a perpetual need for. Exactly. I get that. No cause... one's wanting a career anymore that you know that they have a passion for. And I think that sucks. There was something somewhat recently that I was reading, and I don't remember what the source was. And I apologize because it sounds vague when I say I don't remember what it was. Mm -hmm. But um, people our age are basically going to have those kind of on the border of Generation X and Y are going to have like seven careers in our lifetime. Which is realistic because yeah. it's not. You have one job, you work until 65 and you retire. All right. And sit home and watch the prices right. Maybe play golf. But I mean, I already, I've been in from teaching mm -hmm. to photography mm -hmm. to auto engineering to, to customer service back again. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah, all over the road. I mean, that's one of the reasons I stayed in retail for so long mm -hmm. and stayed with the particular, the one company I worked for because I was, unfortunately, it was the devil you know. Mm -hmm. But it was also like, why am I just going to go start from zero at another store when I at least kind of know what I have here? Mm -hmm. And I was able to rehearse with bands and you know do everything else outside of the job. And uh, also facilitated when I was living out here and going to school. It was, I can pay my rent. So yeah, I'm going to stick with this mm, for absolutely. now. But it's not a, a career move. And yeah, all the different things I've, I've done since. Right. And even still looking for um, more stability when it comes to the to mm -hmm. uh just just getting yourself set up because yeah like the, the kind of perpetual renting you you probably want to have your own Absolutely. place you want to have a house but also another elusive <laughs> pursuit is like um credit because of the ever-evolving system of measuring credit and that credit is more strict not to say that's unjustified because you can't have a bunch of people getting mortgages who can't pay for them. But it's also harder to have such a great score, especially when you are younger, where oh, yeah, you can get a mortgage. Uh, totally, yeah. And uh, it's, uh, which is frankly probably going to be the next big financial crash when people can't pay their federal loans back. 
So that's <laughs> I, I think I said that like two years ago on the show. It was just like, I think that's going to be real trouble because, you know, everybody's graduating from law school and then they have to be a barista at Starbucks because that's the job they can get because yeah. that's what's yeah. hiring. Because you don't have any experience. So. Yeah. And also law firms aren't hiring. <laughs> or what You know, whatever the case is. That's, mm-hmm. that's one example. But it's... Uh, I don't completely fault them. The only thing that really drives me nuts is the driver's license thing because I just don't understand why you wouldn't want some degree of independence, particularly if you are living at home for an extended period of time. But there are like people getting near like 19 or whatever who just no no interest. I just find that so weird. I mean, here there's Uber and Lyft. So if you want to go somewhere, you can pay someone to do it and it's a hell of a lot cheaper than paying car insurance or making a car payment. I kind of get that. If you're just going to go out once or twice on the weekend, you're better off paying for one than... For a ride share. Not even though, I mean, my my niece is 19 now, and her and my cousin, they're both around the same age. They don't get Lyft or Uber. They just expect people to take them places. Oh, really? So, That's yeah. even worse. So, <laughs> Mom and dad will take me. Mom and dad pay yeah, the mortgage. Aunt, and mom yeah, and dad, yeah, on Sherry. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. It, I, I don't know where that comes from. Because, I mean, driving is kind of instant gratification. It's not that difficult to learn. And when you pass the test, you get your license. You can drive without supervision once you have a license. It's 16 in California, right? Yes. You get your license? Your yeah, license. It's 17 yes. in New Jersey. Uh, which used to be the thing. On your 17th birthday, you would be there at the DMV. You would have had your permit for, I think it's three months or so. Mm-hmm. I forget how long it was you had to have your permit for. At the time. I mean, this is half my life ago now, but <laughs> it's... Uh, it, it was always like the thing, like you're 17, like, cause my birthday is in um, October. I went in early November. It was within a month of turning 17 to get my license. So among my friends in my class, since my birthday was closer to the beginning of the, um, the cutoff date, which I think was like October 1st, mm-hmm. um, to be in that class they got, that ultimately graduated in 2000. Um, I was the first among my friends to get my driver's license for that reason, yeah. but everybody wanted to, everybody was excited to. And now that's kind of gone. I don't understand that. I had to wait. My Weird. parents made me wait. Really? I was 18. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That must have been torture. <sighs> well, I, the thing is, I had but... older friends, and I wasn't going to be the one driving anyway. So that worked out for me. <laughs> I'm a princess. But anyway, uh, <laughs> by the time I turned 18, yeah, that's when I got my license. I mean, my mom was weird anyway. She doesn't like driving freeways. So she didn't believe in me driving freeway. And really? Was, yeah. Out here, you kind of can't avoid it. Well, that's how I know a lot of streets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. take you to East LA from here right now. You, <laughs> Where you want to go? You were well ahead of the curve. Long before ways, there yeah. was Sherry. <laughs> What's the Thomas guide? Just ask me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, right. It's like the Dewey Decimal System. It's totally antiquated. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Let's get on to summer movies because we're already about halfway through the oh, show yeah. and we haven't even touched on it. But, um, we talked in uh, Kate 48 about uh, Avengers, which we did the weekend after Avengers opened up, which um, we both enjoyed the movie. It was a great movie. Weird how after that, there was a certain turning point where people started to like hate on the movie, which I didn't really understand because it was a great movie. It had, and I said at the time, but it didn't have the element the first one did where it was just like, wow, we've never seen this before. We've mm-hmm. seen an Avengers movie. We've seen all these characters together. So the, um, the bloom was off that rose. The second time around... Mm-hmm. Um, and there wasn't as much buildup too, because that, I mean, at the point it was what, four years of solo superhero films leading up to Avengers. And then it's like, it's been three years since the last Avengers movie. And <laughs> so there's not as much, um, I don't think it was as much novelty to the second one in that regard, but there's a point where people are just like, yeah, Avengers uh, sucked. Yeah, like, there was a certain, 
people kind of started to hate on it. And it was weird. I feel like at a certain point when something reaches, I don't know if it's a dollar amount or a certain degree of success where it just becomes cool to hate on something. Basically. Because I remember that happened like with Gravity, which is almost two years ago now. But, you know, everyone was loved Gravity. And I did. I saw Gravity fucking opening night. I was way excited. And I, I loved it. So intense. But Ooh. It was way into, it was great. But uh, there was a certain point where people were like, well, you know, the science isn't sound for blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, George Clooney and Sandra Bullock didn't really go into space, right? You know, it's a movie. Let's not, come on. Nobody watching the movie is like, hey, that's inaccurate. <laughs> when it comes to like, you know, what was going on uh, mechanically or scientifically. But, but I feel like there was a point where it got, it got so big, all of a sudden it was cool to just be like, yeah, gravity's not that great. I don't understand that. That's on my nerves so But I, I think that's kind of what happened with Avengers when it got to a certain point. Yeah, because sound designers did an amazing job of gravity. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a whole... That was a drastic. I mean, because how do you even hear in space? You can't. Yeah, that's exactly. a fascinating <laughs> examination of all the layers. So I not even thought That about went that. into that, that initial scene where everything's uh, breaking apart. Um, one of the oh, big... Yeah. What? I said, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Continue. One of the big surprises for me... Excuse me. Um was Mad Max Fury Road, which I didn't, I thought it looked cool. And I thought, well, this could just be a visual spectacle that just kind of has nothing. And in the same way, I thought, okay, trying to breathe life into a franchise that nobody's really aware of. But granted, there has been a Mad Max movie in over 30 years. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the, even though it's not regarded as a reboot, it's regarded as supposedly what happens, I believe, before the Road Warrior. So in between the first movie and then um, before Road Warrior. Maybe after. I don't remember exactly how they say it falls in continuity-wise. But I thought it was really, really cool. I had a lot of fun with that movie. And I even saw it twice. I really, really dug that. I thought it was a, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought visually it was cool. Absolutely. I thought the combination of the CG and the practical elements were great. I mean, it's... Man, that was a, that was a ride. Because we saw... The first time I saw it, uh, we saw it together. Maybe. Yeah. And that was... I I kind of didn't know what to expect, and I was really like, oh, wow. Like, I was really, really into it. And mm -hmm. by the end of the movie, you're like, wow. <laughs> I was blown away. My heart was pounding the whole time. I was like, it's intense. it's intense. And a great and theater where movie. We seating, where we were sitting, that didn't help either. It was packed. We were in, like, the uh, second row. Yeah. <laughs> so you're literally looking up and like, mm. oh, oh, and it was oh. And it was yeah. 3D as well. So yeah. it was it was kind of like, in your <laughs> Be, face. Yeah, being near the wheels of the vehicles and yeah. everything. I wish the 3D was all right. And same thing like with Avengers. I went and saw that in 3D because I saw it opening weekend. I saw it in IMAX and it was mm -hmm. in 3D. And it was like, mm -hmm. so I think that the two times I I went against my no throw. Oh, no, I'm sorry. There's a third one, which we'll get to shortly. Um, <laughs> what would beat out Mad Max? Uh, to, to little surprise, I think, in, in hindsight. But Pitch Perfect 2, which you didn't see, right? Can't, mm -mm. can't say the movie was made for me. Um that opened huge and people were kind of blown away by it because it's opening weekend. It made more than the first one did in its entire theatrical run. So that's the one that just built up like crazy over the last, I think three years ago, the first movie came out. Thanks Rebel Wilson. And it explodes. You think it's her? Her and the fact that people, when they hear acapella, they're like, Ooh, I can do that. And <laughs> then everybody's obsessed with shit like that. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I, I don't get it. It just oh, didn't. Either. But again, it's it's not for me. Nobody's like, we need to get the guys in their early thirties. Let's make sure we write in some stuff so they show up. <laughs> Am I in the target demographic? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, don't I mean, it's more of a chick flick. Let's be honest. It is. It, it totally is. Which is fine. Hey, I'm all for movies. Yeah, I, I have nothing against movies that I'm not the audience for. I'm not that person. But are you sure? 
Yes. <laughs> I don't, look, I'm not picketing. All right. Okay. Yeah, I got a lot of uh, things for like, oh, you're just being contrary. No, like nobody, nobody's like saying, listen, we need to appeal to guys like, well, not like Chris Abalo because I'm not saying it from a notoriety standpoint, but like they're not looking for dudes in their 30s to go see Pitch Perfect. They're looking for teenage girls and uh, women in general to go out because it's a it's a movie based on female acapella singers. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's not a lot of crossover there. Um, the week after was Tomorrowland, which kind of came and went, which we wanted to see, but it was kind of gone. It was gone by the time we Underwhelming, which I didn't... I didn't hear a ton of bad things about it. I just didn't hear much about it at all. So I don't know if people just didn't go or if it was bad. I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't hear bad things about it. So I can't say the movie itself. I mean, we can't. The trailers all had the same vibe. Mm -hmm. That was the thing. They didn't tell you anything beyond they're escaping George Clooney's house and then they get to this place called Tomorrowland and then you knew nothing about where the story went. I think that might have played against it because it's like, what's this about other than the name recognition? I think that movie was just for Disney freaks, period. And I'm a Disney freak. And it, but <laughs> I mean... It, it didn't play out that way. I mean, I still do. I want to see it. I will see the movie. But absolutely. it's just one that just kind of went away. Um, San Andreas, I was kind of surprised by. Which Why? you wanted to see. I did. Well, I'm just surprised Stinker. it made that much money just because it looked like a kind of a generic, yeah, oh, the world's ending movie. And I don't think it made a ton of movie, uh, money because The Rock was in it because that Hercules movie that came out last year, I think topped out at like 60 million or something. So I don't think he's, and he's in everything now. It's like, he's, he's got like nine projects lined up. So I think there's going to be a point, there's going to be a saturation point when it comes to The Rock being in movies. But I mean, granted, I think him being in the, uh, the R-rated, uh, what's likely to be campy Baywatch movies, funny. I think that's just going to be <laughs> entertaining. And I've heard the Why? Tom Lennon yes, and Ben Garant are going to do that. Mm. I've, I've written that. Uh, the guys did Reno 911 and a bunch of other movies. Yeah. Um, I think the uh, there was really no breakout comedy this summer. That's the thing that kind of was surprising. First time in a long time there wasn't one movie everyone went to see. The closest you can probably say was Spy. Yes. Because I think it did like 110 million in the U.S., which was really funny. I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, here we go, Melissa McCarthy's going to be falling down and whatever else." Yes, again. Yes, you think the same things I do. And she, but but she wasn't. <laughs> but I just she there was. was there was a part of it where she was kind, of, and I think they they leaned too heavily in the advertising with just like being a mouthy character, like she was in the Heat. Right. Um, that I was for honestly, a portion when she was she was pretending to be mm -hmm. um, an aggressive pr character in the movie. While she was undercover. I think Spy was one of her best yet. I really like it. Well, that, and that was when we saw together. Mm -hmm. And really, really liked it. A couple weeks after it came out. But um, I don't, I'm a fan of Paul Feig. I think he makes great movies. Yes. I'm looking forward to Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, another one a lot of people have trepidation about. But whatever. I, actually, I heard they moved it up a week. I think it's July 15th now. Which really? is, I mean, a week isn't drastic. It's not like they moved it up three months. You know, it wasn't like they did with... Um, I think like Mission Impossible is supposed to open mm -hmm. at Christmas or <laughs> like I think a week after Star Wars. I think Christmas Day maybe. And they moved it into July. It's oh, not like that drastic. Was smart, but though. <laughs> that was super smart. Well, yeah, we'll come around to that. Um, the aforementioned Jurassic World. Another one we saw together. We saw a lot of movies together this summer. Um, <laughs> but you're always down. For, that's the cool thing. And that's why you're always on the show. You're just down to hang out. You're down to go out. You don't want to kind of sit at home, which is, it's great to have somebody like that who just wants to go out. Well, or is down for it. Oh, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like Jurassic World. I had fun with that movie. I thought it was really, I, I thought it was a good time. I don't understand the, I was shocked by how huge it was though. Mm -hmm. And I will say they got away with, and this isn't 
any, I'm, I'm not picking on them at all, but I, uh, I have to hand it to them because they got away with a bunch of people trapped on an island with dinosaurs on the loose twice. Did on the first one, and they did it in this one. But the problem is, of course, there's going to be another one, which was so funny when they announced, like, there's going to be a Jurassic World sequel. People went, ah, what, are you surprised? The movie's made like a billion and a half dollars. That can't be a shock to anybody. And, uh... I mean, keyword is Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt. I think that was a lot of it, but I also think it was... because nostalgia. <laughs> well, also, ki kids now. I mean, if you're 13, you didn't see Jurassic Park in the theater. Maybe you in caught the, it on cable. The so yeah. you never had that experience. Mm -hmm. um, and that we didn't see in 3D. <laughs> but that oh, was God, one where... I would have um, freaked the fuck out. Really? Yeah. In that movie? I was hopping. You were. Well, that's the thing so I really like about the movie was that <laughs> with the exception of the, the kitchen scene in the first movie mm -hmm. with the raptors. Oh, with the jello. That's my favorite <laughs> part with the jello. Okay. Um, <laughs> but the, um, the fact that they made the dinosaurs scary. Because in this it was scary because the thing's just killing and it's like really just, yeah. just eating the shit out of people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're firing guns at it. Crazy. So the fact that it, there were actually, it was a kind of a scary, like the dinosaurs were scary. They weren't like cool or friendly or anything. I mean, even the ones Chris Pratt was kind of training. like, mm. But yeah, I think it's a combination of him. Um, I think that was a big pull because he's only increased in popularity certainly since last summer. Yes, he and uh, also the, the appeal of like, oh, this is a different kind of movie. And there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good buzz about it. That was the funny thing. There've been a lot of movies where there's, that was one that had really good buzz. Mad Max had really good buzz, which it didn't it didn't do poorly at the box office by any stretch. But um there's been, you know, yeah, like I said, a lot of underwhelming, like there wasn't really a comedy, like something like which we'll gloss over because we didn't see it. Um Vacation. It was the summer of action. Yeah. Like Vacation had zero okay. buzz. And like it it didn't do horribly, but I don't think it did what they wanted to, and that's probably a franchise that's not gonna carry on. Because it kind of opened with a whimper and is made, I think it crossed like 40 million at this point, mm -hmm. but it's not like, I don't think it did kind of what they hoped it would. And it's like, but that was a movie like leading up to it. Nobody was really talking about. So you kind of thought, mm. whereas Jurassic World, people were going nuts for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just surprised. I mean, I enjoyed it. I just didn't think it was the amazing experience everyone. I have friends who were like just obsessed with it, like buying the toys and just like buying the soundtrack. And I thought, I mean, it takes you back to your childhood. For me, it did. That was one of the first ones. I was like, oh, I felt like a kid again just watching it. Yeah? Yeah. Well, see, I never, I have never seen the first Jurassic, I've never seen a Jurassic Park movie. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I did. I saw The Lost World in theaters. I didn't see the first one in theaters because I was one of the people who missed it. And then the week after or two weeks after saw Last Action Hero, oh, yeah. which is still a fucking great movie. Yes, I don't care what anybody says. I love that movie. And yeah, everybody awesome. does love that movie now. But it was a dumb idea to open it so close to Jurassic Park because that's, that's the same audience. Mm -hmm. So, kind of weird. But that's a movie that, that holds up and that is just a lot of fun. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've never seen the first Jurassic Park. I thought about seeing it two years ago when they re-released it in um, 3D for the first time. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll go check it out in theaters. But that was like a short run. I think it was after like two weeks. So, it kind of came and went. But that would have been fun to see in the theater. And I still would if, if somebody plays it. I'd still be down for seeing it. Um, I missed Inside Out. Which is st it's know, still playing, so but it's playing at like nine thirty a.m. only on weekdays. Right. So I've, uh, <laughs> I missed it, and it's one of those I was really looking forward to because I'm yeah. still I'm still a big fan of Pixar as much as they've been more missed lately than hit. <laughs> um, everybody loves like unanimously loves Inside Out, and I really really wanted to see it, but it's it's already got a 
release date. It's coming out on Blu-ray November 2nd, so I'll pick Yay. it up. So in two short months, I, I will see it, but um, that was one, yeah, everybody was buzzing about it. it was, did huge business, which was great, because now everybody's like, woo, Pixar's not doing a sequel, which is, which is fun. Mm-hmm. And we get two Pixar movies this year, because A Good Dinosaur comes out uh, later in the year. That's true. I think, it, I think that's November. Birthday time. Uh, what's that? I said birthday time. Yeah, birthday time. <laughs> um, Ted 2 is another one, kind of came and went. Didn't really do what I think they were hoping it was right. going to do. Which, I, And that's the same thing. I think there's kind of a novelty that's lost. I mean, comedy sequels are tough. Comedy, comedy sequels tend to not... It's hard to not do a retread, well, because, but still be really good. Because you have to push the limit. And then once you've hit that limit, I mean, where else can you go? I mean, it's a dirty talking bear. Yeah. What are you going to do with that? <laughs> you know, no, I, that's what I mean. The second time around, it doesn't have the novelty mm-hmm. like the first time. And I just feel like people didn't really, I guess people didn't respond to it. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I didn't see the first Ted, just wasn't into it. I but did, and I enjoyed it. Everybody but... likes that movie. I've seen, I've seen, all Seth MacFarlane stuff is kind of variations on a theme, so I just didn't see it. I haven't watched Family Guy in like 10 years either, so. It's just not my thing, which is, again, I have nothing against it. I'm just like, I'm not interested. Mm. But yeah, it's one of those, like, yeah, it didn't really break out the way the first one did uh, with, I think, Three years ago? Don't quote me on it. I don't know. I, I think it was 2012. I want to say 2012, maybe not. Um, now, strangely, I wasn't even... Ex- I had. <laughs> I was actually uh, more anti um, up until about two weeks before it opened. I was against Terminator Genesis, or I was at least kind of trash-talking it for no good reason. Because <laughs> I'm like, it's... Because there was no... The big thing for me was there was no rating release. Um, I think it was announced that it was PG-13 like 10 days or two weeks before it came out. Mm-hmm. Which I thought they're chopping it down to PG thirteen. I'm sure they're putting a <laughs> putting through a meat grinder and trying to cut it down to a PG thirteen. Which is you know didn't they learn from Terminator Salvation? Which I didn't hate the way people hated. I thought it was a, a fun movie just because it had the name Terminator on it. I think a lot of people gave it more more crap because it's tough to follow up Terminator two with any other Terminator movie because that movie's so perfect. So good. But I know, I know, and that's something like a franchise like that's going to struggle with, but. All of a sudden, when they started interviewing James Cameron and, and, you know, his interview and talking about how he saw the movie, with him being in the trailers, I, I started getting excited where I'm like, well, he endorses it and this is his thing. All right, I'm interested. And I got more and more interested so much so that you and I saw it opening night. <laughs> <laughs> and that was what I wanted to see in 3D just because I thought it'd be fun to see a Terminator movie in 3D. Absolutely. Uh, the 3D didn't really pop once again. No. <laughs> I saw three movies in 3D this year. But to see a beefy Arnold. Yeah, I mean. I, well, see, that, that was what, that's another one. I didn't understand how people were just like hating that movie either. Because I thought it was fun. I thought in, in, a certain, in certain ways, the Terminators were, at least the ones hunting uh, Sarah Connor, were scary. There was like a horror element to it like there was in the first one. Because the first one's like horror sci-fi. Yeah. It's like, it's creepy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of moments for that like, movie. That's shit. a heart pounding. Yeah, like that's one. I've never seen either of the first two Terminator movies in the theater, but I would love to. Because that would be so, just such a fun experience, even though you know what's going to happen. Were you here around, well, did you ever go on to the, uh, or into, I should say, because it was more so a show, the Terminator ride in uh, Universal Studios? Oh, the, the experience where there's actors yeah. running around. Yeah, that was great. And that's gone, right? Yeah, it's gone. Son it's of a minions. bitch. Oh, it's Minions now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a shame. But it was so awesome. I know. That was a lot of fun. 
It's a shame that they didn't keep it, but I mean, it, since it's based off Terminator 2, once again, that's now 24 years old, I think. It was 91, yeah. was that movie? But, um, which is, <laughs> that was another thing. Like, people, including myself, have kind of complained, like, Jack Courtney's not that great an actor. Um, I mean, everything about Live Free or, uh, wait, not Live Free or Die Hard. What was it called? A Good Day to Die Hard was awful. So I don't, I don't really give him <laughs> a disproportionate amount of crap for that. That movie is just terrible in every conceivable way. <laughs> but he wasn't distractingly bad. Like, it didn't take me out of the movie watching no, him. he was a good guy. And even story-wise, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is good. This kind of opens up for them to do kind of whatever in the future. And everybody thought, well, they gave away the twist because John Connor. No, that happens in, like, the first act where it's revealed, like, John Connor is now machine. As Merchant the machine, machine. Like, that wasn't, like, a twist that happens in the last 20 minutes and they gave it away. Like, I think it's one of the things people kind of misinterpreted. Uh, We're just like, oh, they gave away the ending. Like, no, that's not the movie. So that's one I feel like they gave a lot of crap to. But I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with that. I hope they do another one. Because that did big business internationally. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know that it lost any money. I think it did. It think gained it, money this yeah. weekend in China. It oh, made it. $27.4 million. Wow. What's it sitting at now? I got to check it out. Worldwide. Okay. So yeah, it made money. I'm looking at it. According to Box Office Mojo, budget, production budget, $155 million. It's made 352 mm -hmm. Now, normally worldwide average, if you double your budget, you're breaking even. Of course, there's advertising costs and whatever. Um, did they spend $50 million on advertising? Maybe, maybe not, but they're still going to make money back on VOD. Uh, certainly, I'm selling the Blu-ray and everything. I hope they make another one. Because there's a lot of room for them to do more. And it would, I mean, there is name recognition, especially internationally, it'll still play. I mean, they make more Transformer movies and people just hate those more and more with every new oh, Transformers movie. And also Paramount. But um, the interesting thing about Terminator is in 2019, the rights revert to James Cameron mm -hmm. no matter what. Exactly. Which they're probably not going to be able to do a trilogy in the next four years like they were hoping to. I don't think they're going to be able to bang out two more movies. But... At least they make one more than they could set something up. And look, even when the rights go back to James Cameron, he could still lease them or license them out to any studio he wants. He could still, you know, sell them back to Paramount so they can keep making movies. Because I don't think he's going to revisit that. I think he said all he had to say with the first two Terminator movies. I think he's kind of done with it. I don't think he wants to expand on that story, but he's happy to let someone else do it. It's funny because when you think about Jurassic World, I think about Terminator Genesis. Like, I enjoyed it, mm -hmm. but it wasn't like, oh, Oh, man, yes, yes. Oh, I wasn't cum-stained at the end of the movie. Look, I'm not going <laughs> to act like it was It was amazing. I just thought, like, this was a really I, fun movie. Like, behind the first two, I'd put it at third. I thought it was better than Terminator 3. I thought it was better than Terminator Salvation. A lot of people say those bars are kind of low in the first place. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, the second one, T2 is the I, best. I do agree. First Terminator, second best. I mean, comparing them best. to other ones. And I, I put Terminator yes. Genesis the third. I think it's better than the last two Terminator movies that were made. So I, well, I would like I to see them I think everyone continue. who is a fan of Terminator agrees with that. I would hope so. Oh, I hope people give it a chance and don't hate it. I mean, it, of course, savaged by critics, you know, so that, I, think, I think that helped. Um, I just saw Minions like two weeks ago. Right. Which I was really looking forward to. And that's another one. Like, that's been creeping towards a billion worldwide, which is no surprise because the uh, Despicable Me 2 was close. That did like 900 million plus. Mm -hmm. So everybody's kind of counting on a minute, which I didn't. The only thing I liked about Despicable Me were the minions. I hated the movie otherwise. 
Those kids are so fucking annoying. I want to throw those kids in a wood chipper. I would have I would have put them back on the corner and gone back to my evil work if I were Rue. That's but true. And they were so annoying. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those kids were so obnoxious. And yeah. it's like all of a sudden, and it's also one of those things like, I'm a bad guy, but not really. Inside, I'm a big marshmallow. Fuck that. No, I want to see a movie where a bad guy's a bad guy. Um, but the Minions were hysterical. They were the best part of the first movie. Never saw Despicable Me too. but hearing about Minions, I was like, I'm in. Aside from the fact that Sandra, Sandra Bullock, Bullock is yeah. an idiot. No, that doesn't have anything to do with it. It could have been somebody else. It could have been just uh, an actor who's not a name. And I would have been interested because the Minions were have always been the funniest part. And they're the most distinguishable part of the Despicable Me series because everybody's had Minions plush dolls and what have you for the last uh, five years or so, I think, since the first one came out. It's been a while. It's the first minute. movie. It's been, been a, a cool minute. minute. Yeah, it's been a cool minute. But I had fun. You didn't see Minions, right? No, not yet. You did see Magic Mike XXL. Ha! Yes. That was one I didn't go <laughs> see with you. No, you didn't. What'd That's you okay. I didn't want you to go see my makeup. I haven't too much fun with that movie. Sorry. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> I went and saw it with my bestie. Uh, Magic Mike was amazing. XXL. The second one. Um, yes. Better had, than the first one? Better than the first one. And that's let what, me say why. That's the what my sister one, said too. They try to have a plot and nobody wanted that shit. <laughs> People just wanted to see some dudes grinding it. And that's exactly what the second one is. I get it. Grinding. I get it. First of all, chatting Tate Yum. <laughs> he had some moves. And, and once again, I have nothing against that I movie. It's not for me. <laughs> I'm not protesting outside the theater. Same. I mean, Adam Rodriguez. <laughs> no Matthew Joe McConaughey, Matt. which people are like, oh, I don't know. But see, and that's another one, like Magic Mike. I don't think that did what they hoped it would do. It didn't make as much as the first one. Because people saw the first one and was like, I mean, I saw, I waited to see the first one when it was on uh, on demand. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad because if I would have paid money to go see that in the theater, I would have been so mad because it sucked. Sucked. It was, it was a plot line sucked. I mean, honestly, if you put it on mute and then you play it and then put some, like, you know, some dancing music on it, mm -hmm. then, yeah, then that would be a good movie. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the second one actually had, I mean, it had a plot, but it was all about having fun. And right. it just seemed like they had fun. And it made the women watching it have fun. I mean... The theater was packed when I went. Really? With full of drunk women. Oh, looking obviously. Dingling, swinging around. <laughs> and it was amazing. I mean, the funny thing about it is that movie, you, if you, I mean, what was it? Uh, okay. So my thing is, is that there was a man for every single person. Like, you know, like if you are into like the, Hip, cool R and B dude. Then yeah, Chan Tatum's for you. If you were into kind of the rocker kind of guy, like <laughs> what R and B dude? Yeah. No, if you're into frat house bruh, that's Channing Tatum. No, no. Looks wise, fucking a. Oh man. William's nodding his head in agreement. Engineer William. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Jada Pickett. I mean, she was awesome. I mean, Matt Bomer. Matt Bomer. Mm. Yeah, which which women across the world consider such a loss. I know, <laughs> but that's what I was saying. Because he's me I mean, and he's, Norman. I mean, I was swimming with Norman. With, oh, God. I mean, he's, like, he's a good looking dude. I'm not going to argue with some, it. I mean, there, there's something for everybody in that film. I'd if agree you're with that. Interested in that? 
which you and I were having a pretty good laugh right around the same time. Chocolate Because there was, City. yes, Chocolate City, <laughs> Black Magic Mike. It was a broke down, broke ass <laughs> Magic Mike. It was so good. It was so it was, good? It was so, it, well, no, wait, I should say it was so bad because it was so, it was so good in the fact that it was so bad, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It was Black so Dynamite cheesy. was in it, so yes. I, I'm, I'm kind Michael of in. Michael J. White was the only thing that really saved that film. Uh, what's his name? Robert Ricard. He was the token black guy in like every Disney film oh, ever. Okay. He's the lead star in it. Uh, Tyson Beckford, Genuine. I mean, you think with genuine being in that film, ah, that would be some kind of like Does not goodness. Compute, but, but okay. My thing is with Magic Mike, they strip down, right? You, mm-hmm. I mean, not like naked, but you can see <laughs> some kind of something. Naked. These guys, oh, naked. I love that. No, it's great. In Chocolate City, stupid. They had sweats on. Who the fuck's gonna see some guys in the in sweatsuits and and sweatpants? <laughs> I'm not. That's wasting money. Even my sister, and she's, you know, crude herself, was like, where's the dick? I don't- <laughs> you said, though, didn't you ordered it? I think you ordered it like VOD, right? On demand. Yes. You watched it. And then like a week later, it was on BET. <laughs> Not even a week later. It was the same night. I tell you, because me and my sister were watching it. I paid 14 bucks for that shit. Holy. And I was like, Christ. so mad. Oh, yeah. I didn't even get to see any dick. Oh, man, I hate that. I mean, oh, that's got to Oh, my gosh, and sweatpants the whole time. But anyway, my mom was like, she came in like later on in oh, the film. perfect. And she was like, oh, I think I've seen that before. And me and my sister were like, no, this just got released today. Like, you want to? She was like, no, <laughs> I saw this already on BET. We're like, no, what? And sure enough. Two hours after we finished the film, I'm laying in bed. She comes in my room. She's like, turn to channel 52, which is BET. <laughs> right. And Chocolate City was on. I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I was so mad. I was so mad. Okay, so the big question now, huh. since you obviously like the second Magic Mike movie better. Yes. The first Magic Mike or Chocolate City? Which is time better spent? Um, I think you're gonna have the still edge. the first Magic Mike. Because at least you get to well, see some Well, I'm into vanilla and- anyway, so that... What? This is not a secret <laughs> to you or anybody else who probably no, I'm by totally, not watching. Totally but anyway, um, not because of that necessarily. But going back to Magic Mike, once again, if a girl is just into chocolate men, there's a part in that movie just for you or a girl or a guy mm-hmm. into chocolate men. You can go see <laughs> Magic Mike too, and it's right there. There you go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the we spent a disproportionate movie. amount of time on a movie I had no interest in. <laughs> Are you itching to get it? We only have a couple minutes. I know we're just about to. Okay, good. We're just going to hang in just a couple minutes. We're going to go slightly over time okay. just to wrap up. Thank you to uh, William and Mission Control. Thank you. For granting us that privilege. Because um, we were going on and on about like, I know. Don't you want to live at home too? But anyway. <laughs> um, Ant-Man. Neither of us have seen. Um, I have zero interest. But like we said after Avengers, have no choice. <laughs> because now you're stuck. If you want to know, you know, what's going on and as far as continuity is concerned, you kind of have to see the movies. But that's a total renter for me just because I have to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah, July was kind of so-so. There wasn't really anything that, that jumped out. I mean, a lot of people praised Trainwreck, but that wasn't like a runaway hit. Um, in as much as like it, it, it did well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, the 
Amy Schumer movie. So, I mean, that's it's it's good for her. But um, that was the same thing. That wasn't like a runaway comedy. Hit. Like Spy made more money than Trainwreck. So another right. thing. And well, uh, there's vacation a lot of controversy. We on. <laughs> About what? She was getting in trouble. I forgot what she had said. It was some silly quote. I mean, people quoted her on something that she said. It came off as racist. It was really oh, just a joke. It was. Yeah, I and remember people, that. You know, nowadays take everything seriously. I'm, so, I'm going to fuck boom. it up, but it was. The, I'm look anybody who wants to know the joke verbatim you can look it up but she said something like I don't play I don't date black guys because I'm into consensual sex right something like that I don't know if that is the joke or that's what it was twisted into I have no idea um but there was a little bit of that and that probably stirred the the pot a bit um yeah. and Judd Apatow does have a, a certain audience who would go to see his movies anyway mm -hmm. um and people like Amy Schumer showed up for it um vacations like I said kind of came and went um Mission Impossible Another movie I'm in the minority. No fucking interest. <laughs> You're a Tom I'm, Cruise hater, though. I don't hate Tom Cruise. Hater it's just he just kind of has the same mode. And I, I like when he when he doesn't play the the kind of um, typical hero and everything. He was great in Rain Man. If, if anything, his mm, it's tough to say, see. This is something that would it, it's it's kind of tough to measure. His acting's more understated in Rain Man, mm -hmm. whereas Dustin Hoffman's more obvious. Because mm. Dustin Hoffman's playing a character who isn't the um, the everyday guy. He's playing a guy who is yeah. um, who has some diminished capacity. <laughs> uh, I don't know exactly what to classify or what was classified as in the movie, or if that applies now, nearly thirty years later. Um, but I thought his acting was more subtle. Um, same thing in Jerry Maguire because he kind of wasn't a hero character. I thought he was great in that. Um, Collateral was amazing. Oh, he was awesome that. in Collateral because he's playing so far against type, and he was really, really, really good in that movie. Movie I wasn't excited for, I kind of went to see because there was nothing else to see, and then I wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> and um, I like the only Mission Impossible movie I like, Mission Impossible Two, the movie everybody hates because I like that <laughs> over the top. Because it's well, Chris, not because, but I'm <laughs> not, Chris goes not against the grain. No, it's not to be <laughs> contrary. I liked. I saw Mission Impossible Two in the theater. <laughs> Because, I, look, I bought the first one without having seen it on VHS. Um, when it came out, didn't know anything about it. I've, I watched it a bunch of times. I have no idea what that fucking movie's about. The first movie, no idea. Just a bunch of people in masks. There's a train involved. He hangs from wires. That, I, I can't tell you what that movie's about. The second one, stylistically, I thought John Woo's kind of over the top, you know, slow motion and kicking guns out of the sand and grabbing it while diving and, you know, putting two in a guy's head. Mm -hmm. Like that, I think the over the top nature is, like, that's funny. I realized they, they went away from that because audiences didn't really respond as well to it. I I watched the third, well, I started the third one. I got a half hour into it, just did nothing for me. I went with friends to see um, Ghost Protocol, the mm -hmm. fourth one. I didn't want to see the movie, but everybody's going to see it in the IMAX, in uh, the Tropicana, in Atlantic City. And it was like four of my friends and they were going to Hooters afterwards. So I went kind of to go to to be social and hang out with everybody. I thought the movie was boring. I'm the only one. <laughs> everybody loves that movie. I understand. Uh, this one, I have no interest in, but to give me a slight amount of vindication, everybody who knows who's seen it can't explain to me what it's about. This is wildly entertaining, but they can't tell me what the movie's about. Like, who exactly they're they're fighting against, who the bad guy is, and what happens, and why. Okay, and I feel like those movies are kind of murky in that way, because there's not just... Even though there's a, there's a distinctive bad guy, there's no straight road on how things got to where they are. 
I'm not yeah. saying they're not entertaining. I'm saying they're not for me. I, no, I like I the second I, one. I totally get you. I was you. all about the second one when it was new in 2000 or whatever You it was. and me had a conversation uh, months ago, and I think we were talking about how I'm a fan of Eyes Wide Shut, and I think I'm one of the two people <laughs> in the yeah, world a, who like that. I saw it. A lot of people saw it. A lot of people hated it. I don't uh, get a lot of Stanley Kubrick's movies. I like a few. Centric. I like a few. And I mean, I'm, I love kooky, crazy crap like that. <laughs> it is, um, it is an out there movie. And then the second one, and I actually saw it, it was one of my, the first R rated films I saw in theater. There was a, the second one. No, Vanilla Sky. I was going to say. Oh, I hate that fucking movie. <laughs> and I love that movie. Why? Now, what is that movie about? <laughs> this crazy bitch in this alternate reality. Mm hmm. And basically finding out who you are in life. Are you with, I don't know. Like, I need to watch it again. Yeah, bullshit. But I do enjoy, I mean, no, isn't that what that is? I isn't don't know. Exactly I watched it at the end of the movie. I was like, it's 130 minutes of my life. Just gone. Gone. I'll never I get that back. It. I enjoyed I it. No, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it. Them. I enjoyed Cameron Diaz being cuckoo. <laughs> I watch. Say, I I see a lot of movies. I, I give them a chance. I used to be like way that. more tolerant. Look, I saw Big Mama's House in the theater. I used to be way open minded. <laughs> Sherry, sorry. <laughs> what? Never mind. <laughs> Moving on. Um, Fantastic Four. That's been covered to death. Uh, moving in, into this month now. Um, Poor film. A lot of crazy shit coming out about that movie and everything that was going on, and it's. Uh, the thing is, I feel like at least um, nobody's blaming Josh Trank for it because they, you know, all these stories are coming out about how like he was locked out of the editing oh, room he and said, they cut a bunch I of stuff. I had nothing to do with that. Well, he did, but they deleted go. it because there's probably <laughs> something to be done um, <laughs> legally yeah. if you're saying something against the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I totally. think I think he tweeted the day before it opened too, but um, just not great. Uh, one of those movies where there's a bunch of stuff in the trailers, like thing jumping out of the plane and landing with this big boom mm -hmm. in the trailer, not in the movie. Um, just a lot of stuff that they didn't, <laughs> that, that was teased that just never happened. Mm -hmm. um, and one of those things, there were a lot of rumors that movies in production and it was like, there was a lot of talk about it, at least in entertainment news and whatnot about like him showing up to the set drunk and high and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You know, all these problems that they had with him during the production. And I even questioned the credibility of that because that could have been like knowing that the movie was having d development problems mm -hmm. and knowing that when it went in production, the those who were handling the movie mm -hmm. at the production level, studio level, were, were making changes. So it's now no longer the movie that he agreed to direct. Right. I'm not trying to go all conspiracy theory about it, but like maybe that stuff was put out there to kind of question his integrity so that, you know, it's yeah, like- absolutely. Mr. Trank, you're Albatross. Here, hanging around your neck. Uh, this is your responsibility. But the the thing is now, it's it's dead. No one's going to make another Fantastic Four movie because it's going to be a loss for the studio. Uh, it's even if Marvel gets it back, it's they're going to have to wait at least ten years to try. I think it's been about ten years since the second Fantastic Four movie. Wasn't it like oh five, oh six, maybe. So it's been a long time. And even though those movies did decently well, I mean they were family films essentially. Um, they still didn't take another run at it until now, but. I, it's a, it's dead. It's over. I mean, even if they do resurrect it, it's going to be a tough sell. It's something that's now been put out there three times and not a single one is taken away. One of the big, well, not surprises for me, uh, and unfortunately it didn't get all the attention it deserved, but um, Sean the Sheep. 
I'm a Brilliant. huge fan of Ardman because I love Wallace and Gromit. Yes. I love Chicken Run. Um, everything they've done. Mm-hmm. And Shaun the Sheep is kind of a tough sell because there's no dialogue in the movie. Having said that, insanely entertaining. Oh, I believe Insanely it. entertaining. It was so good. And um, there's a lot in there for adults. It's not like a kiddie movie. It's not like Juvenile, where you watch it and you think like, okay, this is supposed to play to kids. There's a lot of movies that you know just play to kids that parents kind of have to go to where it's like, and there's nothing in it for them. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of great humor in there that's accomplished, again, just through action, through in a visual way. Even when people speak, like when humans speak, it's just kind of like, it's, you know, like everyone's got a, a sandwich in their mouth. Um, but the fact they pulled off such an entertaining movie on top of it was, you know, it's like 90 minutes, a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a big staple if it goes to like Netflix and certainly on DVD. I think it's going to be playing on people's iPads for a long time. because oh, that's a, It's so, so good. So when it comes on DVD, people check it out. It's a good, you know, if you have kids or young ones or you're into stop motion, because stop motion animations, it's great. And you don't see much Hard of it. Hard work, too. Definitely check it out. Um, straight out of Compton, we talked about. We didn't really see it. Um, and uh, this past weekend, I, I didn't see Hitman. Um, I didn't see the first one either. Um, I didn't see either Sinister movie. So we're kind of, you know, coming to the end of that. Um, oh, however, me out. go ahead. See, I, I haven't seen it. I didn't avoid it, but it's just one that just kind of got past me. Um, the most recent one we saw together. Yeah. Which I had a lot of fun with, Man from Uncle. <laughs> Man from Uncle. Really fun movie. Yeah. Uh, I think poor timing because it opens after Mission Impossible. Absolutely. So the spy movie quota for the summer has been fulfilled. And the problem is, I mean, I think part of the problem is the title and trying, like Mission Impossible, trying to take something that was a known property 40 years ago and turning it into a movie. Because it's not like people who watch the TV series are going to go see this new movie. It's not like, Henry Cavill brings enough of an audience just because he's Superman where they're like, I'm going to go see that new Henry Cavill movie. Um, or Army Hammer, who unfortunately, you know, he, he suffered from Lone Ranger because that was another one where it's just like, who, who the fuck was the audience for the Lone Ranger? People who like Johnny Depp, people who like Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, who? Um, but the movie was a lot of fun. That was another one I went, kind of like Mad Max, when it went no expectations. Just thinking like, this could mm-hmm. be fun. I heard good things about it. Right. And I thought, well, what the hell? Fine, I'll see it. Um, and Guy Ritchie, too. I like some of his films, but, like, I didn't dig the Sherlock Holmes films. So, um, What? I disagree. Sherlock I, a, a Holmes films like are amazing. Mm. Okay. So, to me. I, I like the majority of his movies. I just, mm-hmm. those didn't do anything for me. Espe- and well, and especially uh, compared to Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch I mean, and Martin Freeman. That's, that's perf- I mean, true that. Perfect. I'm not knocking that one down at all, because I, I love the British. Too. But anyway, uh, Robert Downey Jr., he's very cocky and clever in that, and so is Jude Law, and I think their chemistry is amazing in those films. But, okay. Yeah. This but is what reminded <laughs> Yes, this is what reminded me <laughs> of those films. Guy Ritchie oh, yeah? is just very clever. and they had, a, they had a great pattern between the two of them, they too. They do. They played each other really clever. well. Like, it's... I don't know if it's going to do huge business internationally. Um, I don't know if it's going to break even. It's going to lose. I, I don't know if it's going to be a franchise. Um, was it, it's made 52 worldwide as of now. Mm-hmm. Kind of a shame because I'd be down for seeing another one because I like the, the pattern Absolutely. between the two. I do think Hugh Grant was fatally underutilized, though. Because he was so, he was so goddamn agree, funny when he was in there. Mm-hmm. And I think he, that's another thing I get crap for. I think Hugh Grant's hilarious. I think, there'll be, I mean, hopefully it is successful because... I mean, it looked like they were going to build it up for him to have a bigger part in the second one, if there is a second one. 
It would be great. Well, because because he kind of comes into it near the end of the movie mm -hmm. as far as it takes on a more uh, active role, mm -hmm. pardon the expression, near the end of the movie. But uh, I would hope they do more. But that was a lot of fun. And that was another one, like I said, when it with no expectations and um, was very, very I pleasantly agree. surprised. <sighs> All right. Before we sign off, I want to give a little bit of love to our friends at audible.com, the internet's leading provider of digital audiobooks with over 180,000 titles to choose from across all genres. They have everything. They have everything you're looking for. For you, listeners and viewers of Cape, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial to try out their service. You can listen on, their, on your smartphone, your PC, your tablet, whatever, download or stream through the cloud and enjoy. I've been... I'm coming up on my five-year anniversary that I've been with Audible. Sherry's a fan of Audible, too. What was the last book you got through Audible? Got through Self-Inflicted Wounds. Aisha Tyler. That's Aisha right. Aisha Tyler. And uh, I just got and have yet to listen to, um, I must say, which is Martin Short's autobiography, mm. which he reads, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, choose from these and many more titles. As your free book to get started, go to audibletrial.com slash cape. Sign up, get your free 30-day trial. And get your free audiobook download. And of course, the links are at uh, chrisabal.com. Click the support the show tab. You will find Audible and Amazon and everybody else. Uh, we have gone well over time, but uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I just realized that. And <laughs> William's like, you better have me some <laughs> stack of bills when we get out of here. He, yeah, he, he held the note up to his, uh, up to the screen, up to the window in the <laughs> control room. Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> it wasn't that funny. So, um, and please, once again, if you follow the show um, on social media, we would appreciate it. Uh, thank you for donating through PayPal. Thank you for subscribing through iTunes and YouTube and giving the show a good rating and uh, sharing on social media. Very, very much appreciated. Yay. I would like to thank Sherry Bass for being here as yeah. always. Thank you can follow her on Instagram at SherryBaby09. Mm -hmm. I would like to thank Engineer William for sticking around while we finish up talking about uh, some movies that uh, I didn't like, but Sherry did. <laughs> and I would <laughs> like right. to thank you for listening to the show for tuning in live and for checking the show out on your schedule on whatever medium you choose. So until next time for Sherry Best, this is Chris Abalo and this was yet another experiment. See you next week.